Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Well, I went to the pub and watched them on the weekend, but I think, and you'll see it on the Facebook post, I think we're watching the wrong game. I think they'd put on a repeat because it was on Channel 10. I don't think it was the right one, but because when we finished the <laughs> game, Australia had one, one nil in full time. So we were like, Barnaby, that's good. Still one. Um, Barnaby, just to let you know, the Matildas won. I know. It was an incredible penalty, penalty shootout, which we never... We went and had dinner because we thought they'd won 1-0 in that full time. Did you see there was a penalty shootout anyway, like nothing we've seen in men's or no, women's to, soccer? There was no penalty I, shootout I, in the one you watched? I, I had No. Australia just won 1-0. I think it was the previous game. I, it, was the, it was pretty dodgy. Whatever was happening, I think it was pretty dodgy. I don't think they'd paid for their, for their vision or something. Right. Oh, dear. The former Deputy Prime Minister of Australia. And when the boss was away, he was in charge. Barnaby Joyce missed everything, watched it all. This is going to go down in folklore as one of the biggest faux pas of all time. Uh, G'day. Thanks for pulling on the gloves with me this uh, Tuesday morning. Hey, Matilda's match eve. Are you going to be watching the right one tomorrow night, Barnaby? Yes, indeed. Uh, Let's clear the air straight away on a couple of things. Barnaby is right. When it comes to public holidays, if the Matildas win, let's be in agreement. No one agrees a public holiday for the Matildas winning would be a good idea, right? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Clearing the air on a few more things. Penalty shootouts. Is there anything worse in the world of sport? There's got to be a better way to decide a contest, surely. Put your thinking caps on this morning. Pull the threads of other sports. How do they decide winners? How would you decide a winner? Actually, how do you decide a winner in something? Is it paper, scissor, rocks? Is it flipping a coin? Because they're games of chance, just like penalty shootouts. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm right. Tell me a better way this morning. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. And in the spirit of Barnaby Joyce, what have you missed? What's been your big faux pas that you've either walked out on early, you've missed because of some sort of reason? That'll be part of our theme of the show today. We'll have a bit of fun heading into a public holiday as well. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. We need to shut down this public holiday talk. We really, not tomorrow's, but for winning the World Cup. For a start, it's a kiss of death, isn't it? The moment we start talking about the early crow, yes, when the Matildas win the World Cup, well, hang on, we need to win a semi-final first. But declaring a public holiday, good God, it, it would it would smash small business who are already doing it tough. Do you remember the G20 here in Brisbane? When was that? 2014? There were public holidays all around that. To, well, it was for security reasons, but for, for a start. But... The public holidays, I remember going to South Bank 
on the day of the public holiday and, and businesses were open hoping people would come in, but they were closing. Restaurants, cafes were closing about 1, 1.30, 2 o'clock because everyone had buggered off to the coast. Public holidays. We've got to stop talking about that, don't we? Or am I wrong? Would you love to celebrate a public holiday? And you know what? For Albo to come out and say it, it's not even his call. It's not the Prime Minister's call. It's up to the states. He was trying to channel Bob Hawke. No, he wasn't. Bob Hawke didn't give anyone a public holiday. Do you remember Australia's Cup in uh, the Australia's Cup? Australia winning the America's Cup in 1983? Because it was on so early in the morning. People were getting late to work. So it wasn't a public holiday. It was just as if people didn't turn up, don't sack them. Otherwise, you'd be a bum Bob Hawk. 13, 13, 55, Plenty to talk about today. Not only public holidays, not only penalty shootouts, um, but we will be hearing about sports' oldest rivalry reignited here. Australia and England. It is the Ashes on Roids. One night only. Winner stays alive. And you know what? They always won after Johnny Wilkinson 20 years ago in a World Cup. Well, that was a World Cup final, but this is a World Cup semi, Australia and England. We will go behind enemy lines to get a take on how seriously the Poms are taking us, the Matildas. And what were they thinking heading into Australia ahead of a soccer World Cup? Because we are not a soccer nation, are we? Or has that all changed in the last three weeks. And Sam Kerr, I just asked it of Corey Parker before we jumped on at nine o'clock. Do, do you think she will start? Should she start? It's worked so far without her starting. But you did see a difference when she came on the field against France, didn't you? Yeah. The thing about Sam Kerr is she's no longer a necessity. She is a luxury. 131355-0467-736-736 to be part of Queensland Sports' biggest conversation. Look, the other big story could be the biggest story of the year, literally. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah forget about hot properties. This is hot Props. Big Tino on the biggest individual contract ever seen in the NRL. 12 million over 10 years. And we know that million dollar properties have become commonplace here in Brisbane, but million dollar props, are they worth it? 13-13-55-0467-736-736. I always say you are worth what someone is willing to pay for you. If someone wants to pay you $5 million for a front row, then go ahead. That's their prerogative. They have to balance the books at the end of it. But you know my formula for winning premierships? Yes, three of your four spine must be rep players. That is part of the formula for winning a premiership. And you can go back through the years to see how that works. The other ingredient, the other part of the equation to win a premiership is you must have an international front rower. You and I spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. Glenn Lazarus, the most important signing that the Broncos have ever had. An international front rower. Changed the game. Won premierships. So, if you're having Tino Fasuma Awali, $1.2 million a year for 10 years, what's Payne Haas worth? And then the kick-on is, what are you paying Reese Walsh? 
1-800-1355-0467-736-736. And if you had one and a half million to spend or if you had to top out your salary cap, where would it go? Would it go towards a front rower or would it go towards someone like Reese Walsh? If you had to spend the salary cap, where would you put it? The other one is 10-year contracts. Happy with that? Have they ever worked out or have they always ended in tears? I'm just going back through the years and thinking of 10-year contracts. Someone like Buddy Franklin, uh, Daly Cherry Evans, Jason Taumalolo. How, how have they worked out? Have they been the godsend that every club would hope they would be? As a fan, have you been disappointed for those who have been on 10 years? Con- Actually, the 10-year contract that sticks out for me was Alistair Lynch at the Brisbane Lions. He signed for 10 years, $2.5 million. Back then, it was huge. So when was that? 1994. Actually, he was with the Bears, wasn't it? And saw it into the Lions. 10 years, $2.5 million. It was huge. But by the end of his career, he was one of the lower-paid players at the club because the salary cap had increased. Players were on more money. And here's Lynchy as one of the lower-paid players. So are you a fan of 10-year contracts? Actually, maybe they could give Kevy a 10-year contract because the Kevolution has turned the tide at Red Hill. It's turned the place around. Who's beating them for the premiership? The Panthers? The Storm? After the weekend, possibly. But if you have a look at the last month, the Storm have not been that ordinary. Uh, have not been that good. They've been ordinary. The Warriors? Is there anyone else we're missing in the race for the premiership? Is it now a race in four, possibly three? Do you throw the Warriors in? Do you throw the Storm in there? After the weekend, with less than a month of footy to go before the finals, and what you've seen, is anyone beating the Broncos? 13, 13, 55, 0, 4, 6, 7, 7, 3, 6, 7, 3, 6. For me, it's now and ever because they lose the F Troop next year, don't they? Farnworth and Flegler. The window is open for the Broncos, but it will be changing at Red Hill next year. And will Adam Reynolds be going around next year? Yeah, contracted, but will he be playing? What about the Lions? Are they in the same category? Their window is definitely open. The door is definitely open. Will they kick down the door this year? Uh, Some signing news coming out of the Lions' den. Oscar McInerney has extended his stay. He was already contracted until the end of 2024. He's just re-signed for another two years on top of that, seeing him out till the end of 26. And one of the most popular players at the club, Ryan Lester has signed on for another year. I think this is his seventh one-year contract in a row. They love him there. They call him Froggy. Ryan Lester, another year going around at the Lions. At the end of last year, he was delisted and put on the rookie list. Now he finds himself playing in their top 22 coming into the finals. He is what every club needs. The players love playing with him. He's an absolute champion, an absolute team man. I remember during the COVID lockdowns when the AFL was suspended and Ryan Lester opened up his place, his house, underneath his house as a gym. An old Queenslander underneath the garage, you can picture it, not built in, concrete flooring, concrete pillars, And they took some weights from the Gabba and they set it up at Ryan's place. And he said, boys, if you need to, come in 
and train at my place. They were only limited to two at a time. They had to do it in shifts. It had to be sanitized, had to be wiped down. It, it was in a time of so much uncertainty and, and people not knowing what to do, he did. Opened up his house and the teammates came and they stayed fit and they worked out at Froggy's gym. That's just a snapshot of the man Ryan Lester is and it's a, one of the reasons why he has been given another year at the Den. Sure, he can play some pretty good footy too, but it's more than that, I think. We'll hear from both of them as the uh, day and the morning winds on. I'd love to hear from you, though. 13 13 55 0467 736. Penalty shootouts. They're a game of chance. They are heavily weighted in the favour of the kicker. I can't cop them. I don't like roller coasters. I don't go to theme parks for that. And on Saturday night, we're living through that roller coaster. Uh, but before we get into this, let's do that. And now, time for Ben's Snap Judgment. Ah, uh, yes, it was last week that I said the Matildas, the sleeping giant of Australian sport, has awoken. Uh uh-uh, uh, it won't change a thing. Not when it comes to football, soccer in this country. What, what will it change? You and I spoke about this, and I said absolutely nothing. But I was wrong. It will change won't change soccer per se, but it will have a dramatic effect on the Australian sporting landscape, predominantly in women's sport across all codes. Last week, last Friday, I was at a media conference with the Brisbane Lions and they were announcing a record membership, 50,000 members for the first time ever. They'd cracked that. In fact, it's 52 and a half and climbing. In attendance, Greg Swan, the Lions CEO, and Brianna Brock, the Lions AFLW CEO. And I asked her, mind you, this was on the Friday, so match eve for the Matildas against France in Brisbane on Saturday night. And I asked her, I said, Brie, what's your take on the Matildas? Because it could go either way. It's a rival code vying for the attention of young women, of girls. Our daughters, our granddaughters, our sisters. Are you worried that the Matildas' success could pinch potential AFLW players into soccer? Well, this was her surprising response. I heard a good saying the other day, it's sort of like the rising tide. So, you know, the more that um, people watch women's sport, the more opportunity women get to, you know, train in professional arenas, um, play in professional arenas, um, be exposed to a higher level of all of that, um, you know, the behind-the-scenes stuff that make you a professional, the better that the sports become. So it's it's like an arms race. If they get it, then we've got to get it, and they've got to get it, and, and we all push each other up. And, and then ultimately it speaks to the fact that people will watch women's sport. I know it's a World Cup and it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing, but... Um, the numbers of people at these games, it, it hasn't dropped off, even, even in the lesser, you know, Nigeria versus whoever or Sweden or, you know, not local teams, they've still sold those games out or had really high attendances. So I think it just speaks to the fact that women are getting out more in numbers to support sport and, um, you know, hopefully that translates to our competition as well. Yeah, hopefully it does. Brianna Brock, she's the Lions AFLW CEO and the onus is now on the sports administrators. And 
the governments at various levels about the funding that they pump into sport and perhaps women's sport. How I said this would be a game changer last week, and I guess this does tie into it a bit. We have seen the Matildas and the Australian women's cricket team become full-time professionals. They've had a memorandum of understanding. They've had a CBA that is on par with the men. They get the same revenue share. They can ply their trade as a full-time professional athlete. They don't have to worry about going to work and other careers. The, the AFLW is getting there, but there's more students or those working full-time than there are those playing full-time. The, the moment you have that investment into sport, the moment you make athletes be able to train at a level where they can increase their skills, you'll see a better output. You'll see a better product. And that's not dismissing the product of where it sits now. But imagine athletes who, who didn't have to go to work Monday to Friday, nine to five, or in fact, it wouldn't be Monday to Friday, nine to five, because the majority of them need to work with flexible conditions. That normally means shift work or casual work. Imagine if they didn't have to worry about that. Imagine if they could train during the day and then get their required rest at night, because we know recovery is just as important as training. And imagine if they were exposed to the conditions that their male counterparts were, and I'm talking the facilities that they were able to dip their toes into. We're seeing that in Brisbane, the NRLW Broncos. They're part of the Broncos set up at the Clive Berghofer Centre at Red Hill and the Lions, AFLW, out at Springfield. But the competition is not equal. The rest of the comp is starting to make their way through. But what about sport across the board? Imagine if this is all about keeping up with the Joneses. And that's exactly what the Matilda's success will do. Other sports, basketball, hockey, netball, they will look across and go, wow, this is what is achievable. We need to start doing this. We need to implement these programs. Administrators, take note. You've got to spend money to make money. So maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was right. The Matildas will change the sporting landscape in this country, but not just for soccer. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. You may have already seen some knock-on effects with what's happening with your family and the code that they play. Your daughters, your sons, your grandkids. I'd love to hear some real-life experiences. Maybe this is already happening with the knock-on effect of, well, our netballers winning World Cups and our cricketers winning World Cups and Ashes series. I'm talking the female athletes here. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. While we're on the topic of football and soccer, penalty shootouts. They are the worst thing world sport has to dish up. Happy to have this debate with you. And it's something that my colleague in Melbourne, the great orator, the great broadcaster, Jared Waitley, was talking about yesterday. Although... He and I are at the complete opposite ends of the spectrum. 
From the time I was a kid, I believed that the single best way to decide any sporting contest is football's penalty shootout. The test of the most basic skill under maximum pressure and the excruciating emotions tied into it. What a mix. What an intoxicating mix. This is a surprisingly unpopular opinion, but I ask you, have you ever experienced such glorious and sickening tension in your sports-loving life as you lived through with the Matildas? 17 minutes, 20 kicks, a shootout never before seen at a World Cup. On the couch at home, our 16-year-old described it as the most stressful experience of her life. Around the corner, the 10-year-old was at a birthday party that had been halted to ride the roller coaster. And on the text, Dad could barely stand the pressure. There'll be 5 million versions of these stories and you'll likely never forget where you were and with whom you shared it. He's got a point on the last half. The first half, I couldn't disagree with him more. The penalty shootout is the greatest thing. No, 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 no. There's got to be different ways to sort out a decider in in any sport. And this is where you come in today. Pull the threads of the sports that you love. Is it golden point? Well, I know points or goals need to be scored for that to happen. But that's one way. Extra time, 15 minutes each way. So that's an, another 30 on top of the 90 they've already played. There's two hours. Surely that could be ended after five if there is a goal there. Golden point. It doesn't solve it, but surely that's better than a penalty shootout, doesn't it? Because, as I said, a penalty shootout is a game of chance. It's weighted heavily in the favour of the kicker. The the goalie has to make a choice, heads or tails, sorry, left or right. Actually, they have a third choice. They could just stay in the middle. So how is that fair? I don't think it is. The theatre of sport, that's one thing, but when it comes down to the roller coaster, the emotions, the fairness, there's got to be a better way, isn't there? What do other sports do? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 76, 0467, 736, 736. Tuesday morning, we are off and running. 25 minutes past nine. A quick break. We'll get back to your thoughts straight after this. Slam and Sam covering himself in glory this morning. Money for nothing. Uh, well, I don't say it's money for nothing when it comes to Big Tino and Payne Huss, but maybe you have different ideas. Uh, let's head to uh, head out to Callum Vale. Mike, a very good morning to you. Yeah, good day, Ben. A um, couple of things. Payne Huss, but then I want to just have a quick fun thing after that. But I think this has only come up... Um, since it got the better of Payne and his manager that Suwali got his 1.6 or what is it, 4.8 million over three years. Oh, as in the the money that that he could yep. be getting. Yeah. Yep. What, but, well, what about big, gonna get... what about Big Tino? He, he he's got he's got 12 million over 10 years. So what he gets each uh, year is going to yeah. change. So, um, but it averages yeah. out to 1.2. Uh, yeah, 1.6 is. A nice bit of um, smoke change on top, though. <laughs> Is he worth it? Yeah. Um, to rugby union, I don't know how they calculate, you know, but anyway, 
Yeah. Um, ben, um, I was, don't know if you if you listened to Pat and Corey this morning, but um, I was raised the issue of Langer um, toiletries going back, and Corey thought there was such a thing, but then they said um, we might defer that question to Ben Davis. So. <laughs> Did they just? Oh, they just threw I, that. I don't that's know a what hospital pass. Uh, Lang- I, I don't Lang- know what they were implying. Lang- Have you noticed whether you know Corey sidesteps you in the going along the corridor thinking you might still be wearing. I, I don't know what they meant, mate. I just thought. Yeah, no, right. Hey, well, Mike, this, 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 is, this, is new, this is news to me, right? The, the Langer toiletries, <laughs> right. Thank you. If I, I'm, I'm trying to peer through the windows of the studio here to see if Welsh and Parker yeah. are still around and uh, would you believe yeah. scurried right. out of the building quite quickly. So, no, there will be words tomorrow. I'll, I'll make phone calls and see. Um, <laughs> I, 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 All right, mate. I'm picking up what you're putting down, Mike. Thank you. Appreciate it. 131355467736. If you want to join in to be part of Queensland Sports' biggest conversation. Uh, Matt Mackay, former Socceroo, coming up very shortly. I just want to get his technical take on, on what the Matildas need to do to take down England. Uh, we'll be doing that very shortly. Uh, just back on Barnaby Joyce. It's how we kick things off today. Um, we're all having a laugh at his expense. And I'll tell you what, it's one of the bigger faux pas going around. But in all seriousness, is there something that you have missed, walked out on, left early? I, I don't know. You tell me. Uh, I recall, because when I, when I heard Barnaby, I, you, people were just shaking their head going, you idiot. But it did remind me of something that happened in my younger years. I reckon I was 21 1995 Sheffield Shield final uh, was doing work experience at the time at, at Channel 10 with a mate I went to uni with, a bloke named Carl. He, he's gone on to go all right in the uh, world of breakfast television. But Carl and I were on the hill for about three days at the Gabba watching that Shield final. And on the last day, like the 250,000 others that were at the Gabba that day, we've all jumped onto the field and celebrated uh, an historic win. Uh, something that we haven't seen in generations. Or we'd never seen before in this state. Queensland winning a Sheffield Shield. We knew that the Bulls would go then on to party. City rowers would have been the destination of choice. But at 5, 5.30, I reckon we made the conscious choice of right. They're not getting out of the dressing room until, what, 10, 11 o'clock? They're not hitting rowers until about that time, surely. So we decided after... Three fairly heavy days on the hill to go home and have a combat kip. So we would be refreshed, fired up and ready to party the night out and maybe for the next week like the Queensland Bulls will be doing. So we ducked off back to Barden, back to Carl's place and uh, head on the pillow by about 6.30. We thought, oh, I'll be up three hours and charge on. 12 hours later, we woke up the next day, missed everything. Missed the entire party, missed the celebrations, missed... And we were 21. What were we thinking? I mean, we, we should have had the stamina, but no, we thought better. We thought we'd go home and have a... So as much as we ridicule Barnaby Joyce, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones, right? Well, what have you missed? What have you, either by accident, on purpose, maybe you've got a story to share, 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Uh, just on missing something, and we heard it with Vanessa's news just then. Have the Queensland government missed a beat here 
by not opening up the Gabba as a live site to watch tomorrow night's game. Look, I'm cloistered in the fact that I'd be watching it for work, be it either in the office or at home, considering we put the news to air on Channel 7 and then the telecast starts. So going to a live site, going to a pub or going somewhere, a venue to watch it, it is just not in my realm. That's that's me. So So help me out here. Would you want to go tomorrow night on a public holiday to a live site like the Gabba to celebrate and watch the Matildas on the big screen? I guess it leads me into the point of where are you going to watch it? Have you got anything planned? Uh, is it a pub, club, venue, wh- where it could be? But the fact that we see in Sydney they are opening venues, they are opening other stadiums. In, in Melbourne they're, they're doing the same. In fact, they're doing it most parts around the country. Stadia are opening up to have live sites, a bigger live site than what we are seeing in South Bank, to accommodate the need, to accommodate the thirst for what the Matildas are doing. Would you want the Gabba open up to, as a venue to go watch this, to collectively unite as a, as a city, as a state, as a country, to cheer on the Matildas? Have the state government missed a beat here? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. 940 this Tuesday morning. Matildas and England Eve. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Slam and Sam, never walk alone. He's getting the football songs going. Is that what you're doing? Or did you just, because you're not a Liverpool fan, are you? No. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Sorry for those who aren't Liverpool fans, but footy songs. We're getting into the moment of it. All right. Uh, Murray, good morning to you. Before we get to Matt Mackay, who's standing by to talk all things Matildas and tactics. Murray, g'day. G'day, Ben. How are you? Mate, very well. What's on your mind? Hey, you've pinched a nerve in regard to whether I'd go to the Gabba. Yeah. There is no way in the world to the Gabba. I'd be having B-grade craft beers in plastic cups, (laughs) C-grade catering, and I'd be paying top dollar. So let's uh, put it out across the city. All right. No Gabba for Murray. Mate, thank you. He thinks the state government's making the right idea. Uh, Is it something you are going to, a a live site, a club, a venue? It's a public holiday. What have you got planned? Where are you watching it? Would you like to see something thrown? I mean, there's a live site at South Bank. Is that enough? 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Uh, One man who's going to be watching it in the weirdest place ever. I'm just going to throw that out there because I've got no idea where he is. Matt Mackay, former Socceroo, uh, including the 2014 World Cup. Matty, good good morning to you. Where where exactly do we find you in this great country of ours? I am at Banyan Tree Caravan Park in uh, Litchfield National Park just south of Darwin. Just south of Darwin. Now, just to remind yep. listeners, because we've spoken to you about this before, you're doing an a, around Australia Odyssey with the family, aren't you? We are, yes. Um, we've got till January, so we're in the NT now, and then we'll work our way across to Queensland in September and, um, and do our beautiful state. 
All right. Well, tell me, what's your setup for tomorrow night? How will you be watching it? We're actually going to Kakadu tomorrow. So, um, mate, I'll be see if I can get some TV reception. If not, then I'll be getting Starlink out. Good old Elon Musk and <laughs> and um, and get it on the um, 7 Plus app or something or Optus Sport I have as well. So. Oh, yeah, no, no, watch it on 7 Plus. We'll, we'll give that. And you can also listen to it on SEN as well, mate. So you can you can tune yeah. in You can tune in on the app. You can tune in on it all, which Perfect. would be brilliant stuff. Now, Maddie, let, let's talk some tactics. Uh, first and foremost, Sam Kerr. We haven't seen her start all tournament for the obvious reasons. Would you start her tomorrow night? I think everyone's in agreement that you want to see Sam Kerr um, for as many minutes as possible. If she's good to go, you play her 90 minutes or you play her 120 minutes because she's our, our difference. She's, she's got a physical edge up front um, that the other girls don't have um, and she put them under pressure. Uh, I think we need to start her if she's ready to go. All right, there we go. Sam Kerr starts. Tick. Now, tactically, how do we take down the Lionesses? What are our strengths? What are theirs? How do we negate them? Well, the plus is we've played them recently so um, and we beat them. Uh, on their patch, um, mm. which is a difficult task. They hadn't lost there for a, a long, long time. Um, I think for us, it's best to play our counter-attacking style. We're not going to out-football England or out-play them up in possession, um, but we've got to use utilise our weapons, and our weapons have been our, you know, our front three and um, our midfield being able to get the ball to them quickly. Um, that's the way we'll beat England. All right, what about England's strengths? I mean, you just spoke about their, their football, and they are European champions. They've been in World Cup semifinals before. In fact, they've made the last three. They've made three World Cup semifinals, but just haven't been able to get past this stage. Yeah, this is their window. There's no doubt about it. But, um, you know, they are missing Lauren James, obviously serving her second um, game of her suspension she got against Nigeria, um, which is a big out for them. But... Uh, you know that they can they can play. They got spay, um, speed. They've got good forwards. They're solid at the back. Um, yeah, they're a tough team to beat. And that's why they're European champions, and and why they've like you said they've um, been making those semi-finals. But I think what we've seen, uh, especially from the Canada game, really, which is like a knockout game for us, the last group game stage, all the teams that we've played against, they've crumbled. They've crumbled under the weight of the expectation and the pressure of playing in front of a massive crowd supporting Australia. So I think England um, will be very nervous. You could see it with France. France were extremely nervous, didn't play a good game. Um, you know, when if they were playing their best, then, you know, potentially they would have knocked us off. So um, hopefully um, that weight of expectation on England um, just puts in a poor performance for them and we can capitalise. Matty, I reckon you're the perfect person to ask this. Someone who's, yes, played in Australia, but also applied your trade overseas. When you're wearing the green and gold... Uh, playing internationally as opposed to playing at home, how much does the crowd come into it? H- how much? I mean, because there's pressure of expectation being on home soil, but also you've got that extra, I guess, man behind you called the crowd. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can, you can feel it. Um, anyone that tells me Kat- Katrina Gorry isn't six foot every time she steps on the the park in Australia is completely wrong, even though she's four foot eleven. Um, it's it's true. It's, everyone's missed. It's um, having that support and being and being actually um, in venues that you know and you've played in and you've experienced. 
is uh is a massive plus. So Bells now have played Stadium Australia, they've played Suncorp, you know, they've played it for many, many years. Um, it's like going back home and everyone loves going back home. That's all you say, getting back home is a, a positive. So, um, yeah, they'll lift uh, again. And um, I, oh, even up here, right? So it's like I'm international now, right? So it's so remote where we are. I'm still feel I feel the support that that everyone's getting, and and you're seeing the images and and stuff, and it's just great. And and the girls have really um, have really excelled, and uh, we're also proud of them. Oh, mate, well, actually, you've just you've just answered that question because we get swept up. We know we've had games here, and of course, in Brisbane over the weekend, we were right at the epicenter of it. But around the country, so you're seeing that where where you are, as remote as you are now, you're still seeing the Matildas and feeling the Matildas vibe. Yeah, I did Wongi Falls yesterday, which in the Litchfield National Park, and there was a, a young girl wearing a Matildas jersey. I believe that um, out here. So, mate, it's where they're everywhere. Um, it's great for football, um, and the girls are extremely proud, and we'll and we'll do again tonight as long as they go out there and run their hearts out like they have. Um, uh, right from that Canada game, I feel. Yeah. Um, then we'll be very proud of them. Good on you, Matty. I always appreciate uh, the chat. You enjoy the game tomorrow night at Kakadu from Wongi Falls to Wollongabba. They're all over the place. Matt Mackay, former Socceroo, talking the tactics, what the Matildas need to do against England. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Slam and Sam in the Fair Dinkum department. Come on. Come on. Nikki Webster, Strawberry Kisses. Look, I know it's the song that the Matildas have adopted. Was it Katrina Gorry who, or Steph Catley? Who, who, who was it that had this? Steph Catley's favourite song, apparently, and then everyone's just rolled with it. Yeah, right. But I, I can't see the crowd at Stadium Australia tomorrow, unlike in the year 2000 at the Olympics when Nikki Webster was singing that song. I can't imagine... I can't imagine the crowd just doing that. Not like a you'll never walk alone or a don't look back in anger or, I mean, the Matildas, what, what, what are they singing? What are they singing? That's the question, I suppose. There's, I, I've, been looking for, I mean, I've been looking for songs related to Matilda. You've got Matilda the Musical, Matilda by Harry Styles, but. Oh, God, Harry Styles. I'll get enough of that at home, please. <laughs> but it's, what do we sing? What do we sing? Because football, soccer. It's about the songs. It's about the singing. Well, it's got to be. The it's got to be an Australian band or an Australian artist, surely, to start off with. That should be our starting point. Uh, yeah, true. Uh, thirteen, thirteen, fifty-five, uh, If you can help out, um, clues coming up. Not clues. I've got to stop saying clues. Answers. Answers to the quiz uh, coming up. Uh, but right now, listening to all this gibber, if you like, is a man who well, normally resides on the other side of the planet. He is the women's football reporter for the Telegraph Sport in the UK. Previously, he was with the BBC. He's also the co-author of the Women's Football Yearbook. He's a counterpart of mine, if you'd like that, from the other side of the world. Tom, Gary, a very good morning to you, mate. I hope you are enjoying our hospitality, but we are lulling you into a false sense of security because you know we're coming to get you and your lionesses tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah I think so. After the ashes and the netball, I think we're 
England are maybe due one. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the hospitality here has been very, very welcoming until I would say the last 36 hours when we started to have a few, a few more people saying we're looking forward to going home very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you mentioned the netball and the Ashes because we're looking for the triple. We're looking for the triple treat, the three peat, the clean sweep, whatever you want to call it. We, we want it. And yes, we are claiming the Ashes. Okay, just, just let's get that clear. We are claiming the Ashes. I know we, we didn't win it but we've reclaimed it. What has been the, the, the highlight for you so far this trip in Australia? Oh, the atmosphere at the stadiums um, has been unlike anything I've seen at the Women's World Cup before. Um, and I would say, yes, with Australia for sure and, and the host nation, but, but also teams like Colombia and the atmosphere they brought to some of the stadiums and the Brazilian fans, uh, and I think just to support, you know, we've seen sold-out stadiums for matches that weren't involving the hosts, yeah. which is really special because uh, I would say maybe four years ago in France, while there was a sort of great excitement around the French games, you know, but I don't think the hosts really embraced some of the other matches. I think that would be fair to say about France hosting it. Whereas here, the crowds we've seen at all of the games have been brilliant. And I would say... Maybe, I don't know what it's been like in Australia, but certainly back home in the UK, everyone just seems to be talking about the football now. Maybe four years ago, the narrative was all about, oh, it's great for the women's game, it's growing the women's game, and we've had lots of, sort of conversations about off-pitch stuff. But now everyone just seems to be talking about the football and the tactics and going right or wrong for England. And that's so refreshing to now be in a place where the conversation is just around the football and not necessarily just around... Uh, maybe social growth, which, which is obviously really important, but it feels like that growth has happened now because we're now at a stage when the football is what's being discussed, and that, that's fantastic. Tom, these are good areas from you because it's exactly what I want to dive in, into. Let's go back to the uh, us hosting a World Cup, and I, I want to get an idea of what you were expecting before you arrived here because Australia and New Zealand co-hosts, traditionally not a soccer or, or football uh, nations. We, we have other sports that rank above that. So what were you expecting coming down here? Yeah, we weren't really sure what to expect because everyone kept telling me that this was not a soccer country, right? That's not, it's not supposed to be big football fans, I, I don't think, but yeah. um, uh, I think it's probably defied expectations in that sense. Um, it's been really nice to see everybody really embracing it. I was sort of I think we were, do you know what we were expecting? We were, we were expecting it to be wet. A friend of mine, an Aussie, said it was going to be soaking wet rain all the way through uh, the winter. And actually, for the most part, the weather's been absolutely glorious. Yeah. So I don't know, I think they got that wrong. But the, yeah. They don't live in been, Melbourne, I mean, do they? seeing the Matildas printed over the... <laughs> I think they do. But, they, <laughs> but, the, but the seeing the Matildas printed all over the front pages, that, that was not something I expected to see. Um, and I mean, I was lucky enough to be... Uh, in the Olympic Park in Sydney, watching Australia and France on, with one of the fan parks. Yeah. Uh, and they were just seeing thousands and thousands watching that game on the big screen. That really blew me away. That wasn't something we were expecting at all. Um, just to see the, how many people were hooked and gripped to their TV screens. That's been um, really special. I don't think we were expecting that. We, we saw a bit of it last year in the Euro European Championships back in England, which we hosted. Um, but I would say even then, I don't think it maybe had quite the same gravitas as a World Cup because it's, it's something extra special about the World Cup. Seems to have got everybody here 
excited and uh, yeah, um, that's just very, very special. All right, Tom. Well, then moving on from that, how are you reporting this back home to, to the UK? Is it part of the, and especially this match, Australia v England, is it that Ashes rivalry? Is it the netball rivalry? Is it the old enemy that we know so well? And and also, are you reporting back the fact what you've just spoken about, that this is not a footballing nation, but all of a sudden this has engulfed our country? Yeah, that's. Uh, I think I phrased it the other day that it's been a country that's falling in love with women's football, and I, I get the sense that's true. I hope that's true. Um, what, was, what the narrative back in the UK seems to more be about the fact that this is England's third semi-final in a row in the World Cup, and, and can they finally make it to the final after many attempts at near misses in this tournament? That seems to be one of the things that everyone's talking about because with being the manager of Serena Vigman, they've kind of got a. a well, a world-class head coach and, and a full of players who are capable of winning the World Cup, and that might not be the case forever. You know, and you only get so many chances to to succeed when you when you're at the elite level. So, they, they, there's a narrative, I suppose, back home that yes, it's the Aussie rivalry, but also this is a really big chance for England. You know, the US, USA are out, Germany are out, uh, you know, and Brazil are out, and Australia, England. You could make a case of saying these are the two the two best teams left in it. I, I would argue. Mm. So it feels like an enormous game uh, on Wednesday night, and an incredible opportunity for whoever can can get through to go on and, and maybe lift the World Cups, which is really you know a really rare opportunity. I don't think it will be this open ever again. So yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. I hope that does. But no, no, it there's, does. There's a bit of answer about the Aussie rivalry. Well, Tom, it's not a it's not a rivalry we've seen in football very much, no. is it? You know, it's kind of uh, we've we've seen it in other sports a lot, but from a football point of view, this is quite new for us. And I think Kira Walsh, the England midfielder, alluded to that last night in a press conference that that's not what you might think of as a traditional football rivalry. Maybe whether that be England Germany or or you know lots of other rivalries around the world. But this is uh, I mean, the women's football, you know, US and Sweden have had a, a really intense rivalry, but. Uh, this is something new and it's exciting and I can't, I can't wait. I really can't wait. I, I don't know if the players are really ready for the atmosphere they're going to have, right? The, the It's going to be quite intimidating, I would think, Stadium Australia um, for the England players. They're going to have to cope with that that incredible home support and it, it might take them a good 15 minutes to really get settled into the game. I, I wonder how they're going to cope with it. Maybe put a call into Johnny Wilkinson because 20 years ago he experienced exactly the same thing but we all know how that turned out so let's let's we're scrubbing that from the we're scrubbing that from the memory banks but we are wary of what can happen in games like this at, at Stadium Australia Tom I want to sort of pick up on something you just said before you, you said the two best teams in the tournament so so you you generally generally believe that Australia and England and Australia and I want to say the Matildas are the two best teams in the tournament yeah, I, I, I felt for some time that the, the winning team could, could well come out of this half of the draw. Um, probably right, actually, probably right since the draw was made, uh, it looked as though the majority of the, the strongly sides involved would be in, in, in this same half of the draw. And if someone could get through this half that contained Australia, England, Germany, Canada, the Olympic champions at, at the time, Brazil, who we were expecting to be very strong, Fra- France, what, that was an enormous win for Australia against a France team who were really capable of winning the World Cup. Tom, are you a believer of recent history? Uh, Olympics, the last time we played, Australia's had the wood on you. Yeah. The, um, well, I suppose um, 
players might point out that was Great Britain and, and a different, slightly different team, but it was just, it was really in essence, it was an England team uh, at the Olympics. Oh, and, you can, dre- you can uh, dress it up however you like. Too. You can dress it up however you like. We- <laughs> <laughs> More, more recently, of course, Australia beating England in April, and, uh, and that, yeah. you know, that being the only match that Serena Vigman has lost so far in her time in charge of England, you know, in two years, she's only lost one game in 37 matches and one defeat, and that was to Australia. So that will that will probably play on their minds. England were, were poor that night, but Australia and Australia were missing quite a few players, if I remember rightly, but um, still managed to to get the win in Brentford. We have, what you have to bear in mind with England is. They have loads of experience at this kind of level, which, uh, with all respect to the Australian team, that you know they're on they're in fairly new ground here. They're in fairly uncharted territory in a match of this magnitude. If if Australia cope with the occasion and, and cope with the pressure, I think yeah, I think Australia will win. It, 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 but it, if they don't, England have got the experience of this of this kind of occasion. You know, one one or two on home soil last year. Tom, it's been fun talking to you. Enjoy the Lionesses training today. And we wish you all the best. And we wish you all the best hospitality too in this country until kickoff tomorrow night and then jumping on the plane on the way home. Oh, no, you'll have to play in that third place playoff back here in Brisbane, <laughs> won't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I did. I, 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 left, uh, I left the hotel earlier um, out. Somebody just said to me, uh, are you looking forward to going to Brisbane? And I just kept uh, chuckling away. It's good, it's good, it's good fun. Uh, but no, thank you for putting on a, a fantastic tournament. Everyone here has, has been very welcoming. It's been, it's been brilliant. And uh, may the best team win. Oh, we did go very quickly. Um, Tom, yes, thank you. And may the best team win. We've just got that before the phone cut out. It literally just dropped off. Brilliant stuff. Um, Tom Gary there. He's from the Telegraph in the UK. Interesting stuff, isn't it? How they're covering it and how they perceive it uh, and how they are consuming it uh, here down under. 131355 0467736736. They're the digits you need to be involved. Vanessa, standing by with the queue. We're about to queue Bon Jovi as well because it is half past 10. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. I love it when Collingwood choke. It's football's greatest joke. They've lost more grand finals than any other team. I love it when Collingwood choke. And they can't get the ball to cloak. They've got Buckley's <laughs> chance of winning. Here the collie wobbles come. Wow, Slam and Sam, where have you pulled that from? I've never heard that before. I mean, I've heard the sentiments before. Never, never heard the song. Who, who's, who, sing, who sings that one? That's Overreactor uh, with <laughs> When Collingwood Choke. And they go through, what, 2002, 2003, uh, 2010 against the Saints, even though there's a little caveat on that one <laughs> against Geelong. Wow. Doesn't quite get to West Coast in 2016, but, um, yeah, I suppose the sentiments are very true. Very, very true indeed. Overreactor. There we go. Why hasn't that one hit the charts? Uh, it is it is pertinent when it comes to Friday night. That's right. It is Friday night lights. A blockbuster. Top of the table in the AFL. Brisbane Lions sitting second. How good against Collingwood. The Collingwobbles. 
Ah, the wheel's starting to fall off a little bit for Craig McRae's crew. They've got a few injuries, haven't they? Darcy Moore, uh, Nick Dacos. So it is a good time for the Lions to get them. Uh, speaking of good times, coming out of the Lions then the news today that Oscar McInerney has re-signed, extended his contract until the end of 2026. And Ryan Lester. One of the great clubmen of all time, Froggy Lester, an absolute champion. Uh, speaking of champion on the line, we've got Richard Champion, former Brisbane Bear, Brisbane Lion as well. Uh, this is great news, Richard, isn't it? Especially for Ryan Lester. It's really good, Benny. I'm so happy for him. He's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Just a real solid footballer. You know, across half back, they've they've sort of missed Luke Hodge since he's retired and I think Froggy almost fits that role to a certain level but he's just so reliable understated underrated um, and for him to be rewarded with another year um, is testament to to the type of the character that he is and, and also the player that he is so really really pleased with him he was delisted was rookie listed again and, and brought back on and you know when things like that start happening you know you're not in the starting 22 and you might just have self-doubts and your confidence may drop off but um he, he'll be he'll be buoyed by that on the verge of finals oh wouldn't he but his whole career i mean the last i think last six or seven years he's he's he makes a joke about how how he's been the, the longest serving in the afl on on one year contracts you know what martin pike who you will remember well four-time premiership player pike used to insist to the club only give him a one-year contract each year. This was towards the end of his season more so, but his last four or five years were one-year contracts, and that was his choice because it it incentivised him to play good footy to get another contract a year after. So it's not such a bad thing. Yeah. Now, what about Big O? Uh, the, he has been uh, enormous for Brisbane this year. Winning that centre bounce has just been gold. Well, he's just been one out most of the time, hasn't he, Benny? I mean... I, I really like it when when they throw Joey Danaher into the ruck as well, and it just throws that forward line um, a bit of a, a bit of a decoy at times with with the defence of the opposition, and and they're not sure what they're thinking. But I like when he sort of switches over and does a bit of that ruck work, and just gives Big O a bit of a chop out, a bit of a rest. But um, he's been a one man uh, one man band for a long time now, and he's uh, he's a really good solid player. So yeah. really good news on those re-signing fronts. Hey, they talk about. I mean, Maxi Gorn we know is premier ruckman in the comp, and, and they throw they, they throw others around. But Big O flies under the radar. He's got to be up there and in the conversation, doesn't he? Hundred percent. Got to be in the top two or three ruckman in the comp. I mean, you look at Jared Witz as well for the Gold Coast, Benny. Mm. Um, he's probably. I reckon he's probably the number one ruckman right now. And again, he doesn't get the accolades that he deserves because because he's a ruckman for the Gold Coast Suns. And and very similar to Big O with Brisbane, although Brisbane are you know a top two side at the moment and playing really good footy. Um, because he's in the northern states, that's just what happens. They tend to fly under the radar a lot. Talk Suns in a moment, but we are speaking AFL with Richard Champion, former Brisbane Lions, former Brisbane Bear as well, champs. Is there a bigger game this year for Brisbane? 1v2 in Melbourne against Collingwood, and would you believe it's that 20-year since we beat Collingwood in the grand final? This is going to be huge. 
It's going to be big, isn't it, Benny? And you know what? When when you look at the fixture, oh, my goodness, we've got Collingwood, the second and last round of the year, um, down in Melbourne at the MCG. And then we got, no, hang on. No, it's at Marvel Stadium. Now, one, I don't know why it's at Marvel. Um, and I know the AFL put structures in place and try to sort of even the competition up. They don't want sides playing too many games at particular grounds, etc. But um, the crowd will be reduced because of this reason, but it also gives Brisbane a huge chance. I mean, they've lost 13 out of their last 14 games at the MCG. So they will be breathing a sigh of relief yeah. that it's actually played at Marvel Stadium. They have a much better record there. Well, they've won eight and of their what, last nine there, champs. I mean, it's their home yeah, away from home. Yeah, they they hold no fears travelling away from home and down in Melbourne in particular going to Marvel Stadium. So um, that's that's a big tick for them. The second or third big tick is uh, Collingwood's two best players are out at the moment. And Nick Dacos out for the season, as we know. And Darcy Moore, uh, who's if he's not their best player, he's definitely their second best player, in my opinion anyway, just holds that back line together. He's now out. So... Yeah. Brisbane have just been handed so many favours in the last few weeks with Port Adelaide losing a few of their games, Melbourne losing, and all of a sudden they're just stepping up this ladder and heading in the top two. They could actually take top spot. If Collingwood lose their last two games, they've got a slightly better percentage than Collingwood. They could actually still reach the top. But um, I think Collingwood have got Essendon in the last game. But anything can happen. The season has thrown up so many curveballs, we just don't know what's going to happen. Don't we dare to dream, champs? We dare to dream. But uh, What about Brisbane's last month? It's been it's been tight, but they've been against teams that are, are desperate. They're, they're playing for their seasons. It's like the finals have arrived a month early, and I'm okay with that because Brisbane then go into a final series battle-hardened. Yeah, look, um, and this is how you want footy. I mean, as a as a supporter, you want your team to win easy. You don't want heart attacks every week or every second week with your team winning by three points, five points, six points, less than a goal because it can happen so quickly. Um, but that's what they've been doing. And and I like that term battle hardened because it's exactly what they are. Colin would have been that for three years. I mean, they've just kept winning tight games all the time. Um, Brisbane, we now are finding that, that they're winning tight ones where they used to lose them prior. So, yeah, they're in a really good a really good state at the moment. I didn't think that they would uh, finish top two. I really didn't. I thought they were looking likely of maybe finishing fourth. Um, but they, they just keep winning the games they have to, and these other teams are doing them favours. So, yes, they're battle-hardened. Um, they're, they've got momentum. Uh, they're playing really good footy. They've got a lot of self-confidence and self-belief. And uh, this, is a, this is their year, Benny. And this, this window or door isn't going to be ajar for much longer. So they've really got to make the most of this. Yeah, winning ugly, something that uh, my guest Richard Champion knows nothing about. One of the best-looking men that the AFL has produced. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jabs. Oh, 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 yeah, the check's in the mail, don't worry. Hey, um, J- Jack Gunston, though, and Dan Rich, who, who's been playing in the twos, but um, we, yeah. we know he won't be available if someone does fall over. But but Jack Gunston, 250-plus um, games, three premierships. It's the reason why they bought him. He, we're not going to see him until finals at the very least. I, yeah. nor, normally, normally I'd be worried, but I'm actually not. Yeah, look, um, uh, look, Jack's been Jack's been okay since coming to the club. Got off to a slow start, but and then he, he got dropped and went back to the twos. And 
And his comeback game, he kicked six goals. And ever since then, he's just grown a new leg and he's actually grown a lot of confidence himself and he's been really handy. So it will be a loss, but it also opens a door for a, for another player to come in and go, you know what? Hey, I'm not letting this spot back into anybody. So it, it, it puts pressure on the list to keep performing. And these players that are on the cusp, um, someone will get their opportunity and, and they're just going to grab it. And that's that's really good from a, from a coaching perspective and from a team aspect. Um, having players as hungry as this is, is really good um, for, for, for your team. So I do feel for Jack, and I'm not sure whether he'll make it back, to be honest. It's a big turnaround to get back, and um, that's just that's just really bad timing. I mean, you play all year to want to play finals, and yeah. when, that's, when that's taken from you through injury, it's, it's a real shame. Yeah, MCL strain has uh, sidelined him. It was, his knee went the wrong way uh, against the Crows on the weekend. Chance, before I let you go, we, we had a bit of fun around Barnaby Joyce and things that he's missed after watching the wrong game. Uh, anything, <laughs> anything predominantly that you missed in your in the in the sporting world? Well, yes, it, during my career, Benny, I actually missed the plane uh, flying down to to Melbourne to actually play Collingwood. Oh, uh, no one day um now you may think oh you've, you've missed a flight big we've in. all done that yeah. but i was actually at the airport with the other players for two hours prior to the flight now i've gone in we were flying anset at the time i've gone into the to the anset lounge um to do a bit of work and get on the computer and blah 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 and uh then i heard my name called over the piano oh gee whiz we're actually um we're actually boarding so i've packed out my computer raced to the gate only to see the plane backing away from the from the gate and I've gone, oh my God, I've missed it. And and from what I hear, all of my teammates who were on the plane at the time were singing out, close the door, close the door. And then all started clapping and applauding and laughing, knowing that I had missed the flight. Um, so that was embarrassing. I got fined 250 bucks by the club. And I said, why didn't you, you're the team manager, Barry Lowe. Why did you not come <laughs> and grab me from the, from the yes. lounge? And take me, I, I could not believe it. They left me hanging. So um, that was my biggest, biggest regret. Let's not miss the boat for this Friday. It's the biggest game outside of tomorrow night. It is the biggest game of the week. Uh, the Collingwood uh, and Lions showdown. Friday night lights at Marvel Stadium. Champs, great chat, mate. We'll talk soon. Good on you, Benny. Can't wait. Go Lions. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ.
I don't like Port Adelaide as a footy team, but geez, they've got a good song going there with the crowd singing footy songs. We are celebrating them today. The Matildas, what football song would we be singing there? Is it the obvious one? Is it that bleedingly obvious? Should it be waltzing Matilda? Oh, come on. Come at me. We've had the narcs last week going, oh, stop with the John Williams and stuff. Uh, anyway, look, the quiz time. 13.30, Sam. Settle down. 13.13.55. Your get-in question for the quiz. Here we go. Rack em and stack em. Who kicked the winning penalty for the Matildas over France in that quarterfinal shootout? Who was one of the heroes for Australia? Which player slotted at home? She's a Queenslander. 13, 13. What? Don't look at me. There's, there's 10 of them in the team. That's not a clue. 13, 13, 55. Who kicked the winning penalty in the penalty shootout for the Matildas? It's your getting question for the quiz. We've got that double up for grabs this weekend's footy. Cannot wait for that. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Uh, 13, 13, 55. We are going to get into the quiz in just a moment. Uh, I've seen this text come through uh, from left centre. Uh, that's how it's signed off. Look, with inflation and increased salary cap from future broadcast deals, $1.2 million for Tino is only going to get cheaper as the years go by. It's a great move by the Titans. Ten-year contracts, are you a fan? And paying props, a million dollars. I've got no qualms with that at all. You are paid with, well, you're basically worth what someone's willing to pay for you. Uh, Brent Tate, we've been promising him all morning. Uh, He will be on the line uh, in about half an hour's time. But right now, it's time to do this. Ten questions, one winner. Time for Morning's Quiz Whiz. And now, here's our very cheap version of Tony Barber, Benny Davis. I feel like I need to moonwalk or backflip out on the stage like Tony Barber did, Sale of the Century style. 13, 13 to 55, we have our callers standing by. Remember, if you're if you're one of the first five callers, you get a second chance at ringing back if you do fall off the perch. We do not wish that on anyone, though. Uh, let's all oh, the getting question. Oh, actually, no, well, we've got our callers here ready, so I don't need to give you the getting question anymore, do I? Uh, let's head out to Ipswich. Matty, very good morning to you. Hey Ben, how are you, mate? Well, what's uh, what's Ipswich looking like uh, this fine Tuesday? Yeah, pretty good out here. The weather's pretty good. Yeah, twenty-five degrees. Things are kicking uh, kicking goals. Speaking of kicking goals, who kicked the winning penalty for the Matildas against France in that quarterfinal shootout? That would be uh, Courtney Vine. Courtney Vine, indeed, Matt. You are off and running. Only nine to go, which is good. Now, do you like your rugby league? Yeah, mate, yeah. Excellent. Well, I reckon you'll get this one. Who became just the second player to kick 1,000 goals in the NRL and it happened last round? Um, oh, yeah, I watched it. Um, uh Reynolds. Oh, I was about to say I'll need an answer. Well done. It was Adam Reynolds. Yes, behind the goat, Cameron Smith. Okay, we're going to turn our attention to AFL. 
The Brisbane Lions beat which team at the MCG last year in that elimination final, that semi-final? It was to break their MCG hoodoo. Which team did they beat? Oh, yeah, right. Would it be the Melbourne Demons? Yeah, it would be, Matt. It would be. You are flying up to question number four. Which Aussie golfer, let's call him a Queenslander too, won his second live golf event in just five weeks over the weekend? It was in New Jersey. Cameron Smith. Cameron Smith, exactly. I think seven million jumped into the back pocket there. Shouts on him when he comes home. Um, All right, question number five. Which iconic Australian sporting moment is the most watched sports event in Australian TV history? Um, we had the second well, most watched one on Saturday night with the Matildas. Which one beats it? Yeah, right. I'll, I'll, this is just a guess, Ben. I'll, I'll just say the America's Cup. Ooh, no, no, no. You've gone back a bit too far there, Matt. But I tell you what, you do get that second bite at the cherry because the first five callers through get a chance to ring back and jump in again in that order. Where are we now? Question number five. Let's go to line two. Bill is out at winning. Bill, Matt was flying there. He's gone halfway. Question number five. What is the most watched sporting event in Australian television history? Yes. It's a tough one. I'll go Kathy Freeman's gold medal at Sydney Olympics. Yeah, that's it. Eight million plus watched that back in 2000, 23 years ago. We had seven million watch the Matildas on Friday, on Friday night, on Saturday night. Will it be eclipsed tomorrow night? You never know. More than Kathy Freeman. It'll be a big, big ask. Question number six, Bill. Here we go. South Sydney's Alex Johnson. He is the NRL's leading try scorer so far this season. How many does he have? Oh, dear. Um, 21? <laughs> yes, he does. It was it was one of the answers I gave earlier, so I'm glad you're listening. See, it pays to listen. 21 indeed. Question number seven. All right, here we go. Uh, which Broncos forward... Scored tries in consecutive games after going without a four-pointer in his first 77. Um, oh, I can see his face. I just can't think of his name. Mm. Um, nah, oh, big tall fella. Um, no, no tries in his first no, no, 77 no. games and he scored two yeah, in a row. Yeah, yep. nah. Oh, I have a stab, mate. Carrigan. <laughs> oh, these stabs are working out. Well done, mate. Well done. All right, Bill, you are rolling. Question number eight. Almost there. Name the Aussie tennis player who made his first Masters final appearance on the weekend. Alex Demon. Oh, the Demon indeed. Well done, Bill. You are flying. Now, you've got two questions to go, and I've got Damien, I've got Glenn. They're all death riding you. They are breathing down your neck. So they're on standby. Yeah, that's all right. It's all right. I've done a lot of work for them. It's all good. <laughs> Mate, I, I want you to go all the way. Clean sweep it. Um, if you were listening to the show last week, we got three of these four. Name the four teams that are going to Vegas. The NRL announced it after my shows last week. Name the four teams. 
Again, this is a stab, mate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. South. Yep. Melbourne. Broncos. Nah. No, nah. no, not the storm. You were there. You you were flying for one side. Hey, but Bill, you were the second caller through, so you do get another bite at the cherry if you call back. All right, question number nine, the penultimate question. What about, uh, let me see, where's Damien on line three standing by? Damien. Hey, I'm here. Hey, yeah, there you go, mate. Um, question number nine. The four teams going to Vegas for the NRL to kick off round one next year. Who are they? Broncos, Rabbits, Roosters and Eagles. There we go. Yes, indeed. Manly was the one who got there. Now, Manly wasn't in my calculations last week, but the Hugh Jackman factor got them across the line. So, Roosters, Broncos, Manly, Souths. Question number 10, Damo, you ready for this? You're buckled up, you're strapped in. This is for a double pass to the okay. Titans, double header. They are playing Penrith in the NRL, but before that, the NRLW, they kick it off against the Roosters this Saturday, Super Saturday, if you like, at uh, Rabina. Which year? Let's get it. Let's get it indeed. Which year did Sam Kerr make her Women's World Cup debut? No, it was not ah. 2003. Damo, but if, you, if we go rattle through these and we don't get a winner, you do have a chance to call back. Uh, let me see. Where are we going? Uh, Glenn, good morning. How are you, mate? Hey, mate, I'm well. Sam Kerr, when did she make her World Cup debut? Oh, guess the mate can go 2018. Was not 2018, Samantha Kerr. All right, let me see. Uh, oh, Matt, he's back in from Ipswich, back in the start. Yes, S- Matt, let's see. Hey, you started us off. Let's see if you can finish it. Sam Kerr. I hope so, yeah. 20? Yeah. 2015. No, it wasn't 2015. Oh, no, 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 no. Matt, good try now. The others, like Glenn. Uh, and Damo, they do get a second bite. So if they want to call back, what about that? We got to question 10 and everyone's peeled off because they thought, oh, we've got this. Sam Kerr made her World Cup debut in what year? Let's go to the lines. Damien's back. Was it 2013 is what I meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> no! Damo, no, it wasn't 13. I know if you meant to say it, it was close. Oh, 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 oh. oh, he was he was close, but not there. Uh, let's see. Glenn's back. Here we go. Rolling through. This is our last of our second chances, too. Glenn, hello. Yeah. What year did Sam Kerr make a World Cup debut? I'll go one year more. 2019. No, 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 not 2019. Oh, do I need to? Well, I don't need to give a clue because the board's lighting up, which is outstanding. All right. Rick is on the Goldie. Rick, what part of the Gold Coast are you on, mate? Uh, Benoa. Benoa, beautiful. Beautiful at this time of year. And why wouldn't it be in God's country? 26 degrees, sun's out, and they call this winter. Rick, can you tell me what year Sam Kerr made her World Cup debut? 
Never an easier win, Rick. Well done. You've come from the clouds and you've got a double to head to the Titans this weekend. So it's in your backyard, which is outstanding, and they've got a double header on the NRL. Double you are playing the Roosters and then the boys line up against the Panthers. Outstanding stuff. Rick, I'm going to put you back to the Hoff. He's going to take all your details. Sam Kerr, this is her fourth World Cup. And if you want to see a fantastic photo, jump onto Sam Kerr's Instagram. Something very simple, but she has put up a photo of herself, Caitlin Ford, and Emily Vegan Egmont from every single one of those World Cups, 2011, 2015, 2019, and now. And it's the three of them, arm in arm, recreating that same photo. How it began, how it's going. Great stuff. It's going pretty well for Rick on the Gold Coast too. All right, quarter past 11 this Tuesday morning. How good is this? It is Matilda's Eve. Uh, Brent Tate is standing by to talk some rugby, excuse me, some rugby league. And don't we have plenty to talk about as well? Not only with the Broncos, Payne Haas getting offers from Rugby Union, the Western Force, give me a spell. But the Cowboys, pivotal weekend for them. They're sitting just outside the eight. They need to fire up. I know that Jeremiah and I was back training yesterday earlier than expected. Will he line up this weekend? Brent Tate, not too far away. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Time to talk rugby league. What's my scene when it comes to the Cowboys and the Broncos? Well, they'll throw in the Titans there too because Big Timo's made a big splash with that big contract. There has been divided opinion on it this morning. Ten-year contracts, are they a good thing? But also props, getting a million plus. Are you okay on that? And if that's the case, what do you spend on others? Your playmakers, your, your money men. What do you give someone like Reese Walsh, who would be open for negotiations from November 1? These are all questions we're putting to Brent Tate, our man in the north. Tatey, uh, a very good morning to you. Um, let, let's start. Let's start with contract talks because I do want to dive into the Cowboys, but let's let's start with that. Um, Ten-year contracts, big Tino, uh, shrewd buying by the Titans or could it turn around and haunt them? Uh, good morning, Benny. Yeah, look, um, Mate, I think 10-year... I would never sign anyone to a 10-year contract. I just think um, so much can happen in a week in rugby league, let alone over a 10-year period, um, especially a middle forward that plays the way Tino does. Do I do I think he's worth a million dollars? I absolutely do. I love Tino. I think I'm, uh, he's one of my favourite players in the competition and, and I would have no hesitation in paying him a million dollars to be at my club, but mm. there is no way I would do it for a 10-year period, mate, because I think we've seen with a lot of guys that sort of play that those big minutes in the middle, um, you know, there does come a, a season where they just can't do what they do and they can't have the same output. And when you're on that sort of money playing at the middle forward, you need to have, you know, you need to be 
producing on the field every you know week in and week out and um you know 10 years away is is a really really long time mate so um yeah look you know they've, they've got him and it's all locked up which is great but yeah certainly if i was um if i was in charge of a club i don't think i'd be doing it i know we're witnessing it right now with the cowboys and jason tomololo he's on a 10-year deal yeah he is and you know obviously jason's had you know some injuries the last couple of years and you know you, you look at jace at the moment and would you say that jason's a million dollar player you, you, you probably wouldn't um you know and he's still got you know another three or four years to go in his contract and i, I wouldn't think that jace you know he's a freak of an athlete jason he's still a wonderful player and you know yes he has had some injuries but um you know there's still still a long way to go and he's a big man he's played you know a long time in the middle and played hard you know, I, I you know I wouldn't sit here and you know think that Jace would be getting you know being any better player over the next couple of years. You know, you'd think, as I said, you know, being that middle forward, there would be a bit of a decline. But yeah, it's a tough one, mate. You know, it's, I guess at the end of the day, the clubs have got to do what they've got to do to keep players. But um, yeah, ten years is just such a long, long time, mate. It's just um, you know our game. There's so much can happen in that in that space of time, and yeah. you know if they do get injured and you then got to sort of, you know, pay them out for the rest of their career. It becomes a real overhead on a on a club's books uh, yeah. at the end of the day as well. I'm on the same wavelength as you, Tati, but here's the other side of the coin. If someone put a 10-year, $12 million contract in front of you and I, it'd be, we couldn't. Be, I reckon we wouldn't be able to sign quick enough. <laughs> oh, mate, oh, I'd, I'd have it signed before they even put the paper on the table, mate. It'd be done. <laughs> exactly right. All right, so the knock-on effect is if, if Tino's getting 1.2 a year, if it's in that ballpark of what we're hearing, what's paying Haasworth and does he get that in rugby league? Yeah, I, I look, I, I think Bronx have made him an offer that's probably up and around that mark. So, you know, um, you know, he, he, he's a very similar stature and player as Tino. You know, they're, they're, you know they're, they're the elite middle forwards in the game. Um, you know, Tino, Payne Hart, you know, guys like Paddy Carrigan, like that, mate, they are the, the creme de creme. So, you know, he's certainly worth that. I think he could get that at Brisbane. Um, you know, and if you... We go on what Payne's talked about the last few weeks or the last two years, you know, that he wants to win comps and he wants to get paid. Well, he's getting all that in Brisbane. Um, you know, he's definitely got the right to hold out and see what else is out there. But, yeah. you know, I, I think, um, you know, that the, the, all those things that he wanted to tick the box on, um, he, he ticks them in Brisbane. So I wouldn't expect him to go. Are you buying this Western Force rugby offer? I'm sure they'd want to offer him. But, I mean, if we're hearing everything we've heard from Payne Haas, how, you, like you said, premierships uh, and, and it's about family and staying close to family. Well, you can't get any further away from family than Perth and the Western Force in any realm of possibility winning a premiership this decade? No. Well, no. Yeah, I was going to say, I hope you're not asking me that because I don't really know, but I, I would assume not. Um, look, mate, I think Payne's a pretty, from, from what I can gather on the outside looking in, Payne's a pretty proud man and I think you know, he'd want to leave a legacy in the game. And, and sometimes, you know, when you're getting paid handsomely anyway, like, like he will be and getting paid well if he did stay in Brisbane and he's got the opportunity to to leave a legacy and become a club legend and all those sort of things in rugby league, you know, they, you know, they, they count for stuff too, mate. When you're retired and you look back on your career, like those, those are the sort of things you, you sort of hang your hat on a little bit and you, you look back with, with some pride. So, um, 
you know, I think, you know, Payne's a proud man. I, I wouldn't imagine that he'd go over there, mate. Like, sometimes all that, well, you know, just because you're getting paid bucket loads of money doesn't mean you're going to be happy. And I, I just couldn't imagine Payne going over to the Western Force, getting flogged playing rugby would be something that he would tick his box. I just, I just don't see that. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, the Wallabies have got to start winning too because obviously there'd be a, a top-up from Australian Rugby Union. So what that looks like is beyond me and I can't even imagine Payne Haas entertaining it, but you'd have to think it'd be on the negotiation table with whoever he sits down with uh, the Broncos uh, and other NRL clubs. Mate, let's talk your backyard up there in Townsville, the Cowboys against the Sharks. It's going to be an amazing match anyway, playing for the, the Paul Green uh, medal, the, the, the two clubs coming together again but for the Cowboys there's a fair bit on the line here it's, it's pretty much do or die isn't it just sitting outside the eight that they've got to win this match to be a, a realistic chance to play finals yeah they do Benny oh, you know they've just got to keep winning and make sure they get in there that that sort of bottom eight obviously is really really tight um the Knights have you know snuck up on the radar and you've got South and all those sort of teams just underneath them so Mate, it's a huge... This weekend's games, and we've been saying it for a couple of weeks, are huge for that bottom end of the eight. Um, you know, the ramifications of winning and losing uh, is going to play a huge part, especially this weekend. So, uh, mate, a couple of weeks ago, you would have sort of thought it would have been a, 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 not an easy game for the Cows, but the Sharks were hopelessly out of form and really mm. struggling. But, man, they've turned it around a couple of weeks, and so they're right back to playing the sort of footy they were at the start of the year. So... Mate, they're confident. They're playing well. Um, you know, they've found their mojo again, and the Cowboys are off. Um, you know, a couple of losses. So, uh, and coming off the bye, which I think it's come at a good time for them. Um, I think they needed it. Um, but mate, it's a uh, it's a huge week up here in North Queensland because you're right. If it, you know, if they drop this one, it, you know, it's going to be. You know, you you then bring bringing out the calculator and starting to try to do the math to get in the uh, eight, and that's when it becomes a real struggle. Yeah, indeed. That one uh, being played Thursday night. Jason Tomalolo, uh, his two hundred and fiftieth. Uh, when he uh, can you give us an insight? Tady, on, on who may be joining him in the pack because we saw Jeremiah and I at training yesterday. Now, by my calculations, that's a few weeks earlier than we thought we'd see him. Yeah, no, absolutely, mate. I think he is a bit of a chance of playing. So, um, yeah, definitely reports coming out of there this week that, he, you know, he's going to be a starter. So, mate, that's a, that's a huge bonus if he is, um, you know, especially the way he was playing uh, before he got injured. I think it's probably the best I'd seen him play, to be honest, because he had a real slow start to the season, Jeremiah. But, mm. uh, mate, he was playing as good as he, he's ever played um, when he got hurt. And uh, I think the Cowboys really need him too, mate, because I think at the moment there's a bit of a, a feeling around the NRL. If you, if you can stop Scott Drinkwater, there, there's not much else um, the Cowboys sort of offer an attack. And we know how great Drink he is. And, he, you know, more often than not, he, he, he's an absolutely wonderful player. But... When you've got someone like Jeremiah, like he's a real strike weapon and a, and a real different um, point of attack for them. Like he can create stuff, Jeremiah. So uh, I, I think they've really missed him the last couple of weeks on that edge. And um, if he is to be back this week, it's a, it's a big plus for the cows. What about James Tamo? He's the world's oldest, well, he's the NRL's oldest player running around. We we know that he's had uh, had that foot injury, but we're we're getting word out of. Uh, word of uh, out of uh, Cowboys country that that he could be making a comeback this weekend as well, handy in. Yeah, well, well, he, I know he played obviously over uh, in PNG for the Blackhawks last week and got through that. So um, 
Look, it'll be it may look it'll be a lovely swan song for him to play, I guess. Um, you know, I don't know if he'd feature heavily in the finals because you know most of the boys are back and fit uh, and, and and sort of playing well. They're all in good form, in the, you know, the last few weeks. So, uh, mate, it'd be yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens. I, I definitely think he'd be a chance of playing. That's for sure. So, um, mate, that'd be a um, that'd be amazing if he uh, if he used to get back in that team and play because you know it was it looked like a season-ending injury. So. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. All right, he's ninth playing fifth on the ladder. The Cowboys and Sharks, they kick it all off for us on Thursday night. The Paul Green medal up for grab, uh, for grabs. Uh, Nico Hines uh, won it so when they uh, met in round nine. Tady, just the last word on that. It's going to be an emotional night in Townsville because of that fact, isn't it? Yeah, it is, mate. It, um, you know, he obviously had a big, well, we know that, the impact that Greeny had up here at the Cowboys, I mean, it, it's as big as impact as any coach has ever had. You know, the, he had so much success up here and, and had such a wonderful coaching career and, you know, obviously played up here as well. And, um, you know, I just think back to the days when he was that little half, little red-faced little red halfback running around for the Sharks, um, competing on every play. So, yeah, it will be a, um, you know, for a lot of people up here at the Cowboys that know him and spent time with him, mate, it, you know, this will be, a, it will be an emotional night for a lot of people. And, um, you know, what a great way to celebrate Greeny by you know, having the match in his honour and then the player of the match being named the Paul Green medalist. It'll be, uh, mate, it'll be a good night of footy. Outstanding stuff. We wait for the teams to, to drop the this afternoon. Around four o'clock, we'll be seeing them. Uh, will Jeremiah Nano's name be read out? Will James Tamo's name be read out? Uh, the Cowboys, it's a crunch match for them this weekend. We know the Broncos have a bye. The Titans are playing the Panthers. And the Dolphins, well, Tony, your old junior club, they're in all sorts today at training. We're going to get a snapshot of that straight after we hit the news. We're going to let you go, mate. We appreciate your time. Uh, Brent Tate from Fox Sports, former Bronco, former Cowboy, Kangaroo, Marone. He's been there and done it all. But the, uh, but the Dolphins, we're getting word out of the peninsula. Today's training was like one that we haven't seen before. We'll cross there very shortly. But first, let's get a news hit with Vanessa. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Footy song, I suppose. Jack Rewald and the Killers singing after their grand final win on stage. We are trying to get a song that the crowd can sing tomorrow night at the at the Matildas because we know that well, football, soccer, that's where the crowd starts singing. Liverpool's Never Walk Alone. Uh, although, what have we heard? We've heard from the AFL, haven't we? They, they've got the they've got the songs going. We've got Never Tear Us Apart with uh, Port Adelaide, uh, and the reason we mentioned Jack Rewald as well, not only because it was a ripping rendition with the Killers after their grand final win, but Jack Rewald has followed in Trent Conscience, his captain's footsteps, uh, announcing that he is hanging them up at the end of this season. Jack Rewald, the three-time 
Premiership winner retiring from the Tigers, retiring from the AFL. Watch him pop up down in Tassie, I would have thought. Uh, with their team coming on board. All right, from Tassie, let's head out to the Peninsula. Joel Gould from AAP has been that. Dolphins training this morning. Well, what has been and slated as Dolphins training, but it looked anything but. Joel, very good morning. What what have you seen out at Redcliffe today? Well, uh, good morning, Ben. Good morning to your listeners. Yeah, but not, not a hell of a lot, to be honest. Um, <laughs> training didn't go for long. Only went for about 35 minutes, Um and there was a, uh, a good deal of it was taken up by the players um, playing Aussie rules. Um, now, you might wonder <laughs> really? what uh, tactic this is from Wayne Bennett, but uh, they've got big injury problems at the moment. So um, I think Wayne, well, Mark Nichols spoke to the media and he said that Wayne was just trying to lighten the mood and play a bit of, um, well, he called it AFL. I mean, I don't know if it was really AFL. I mean, <laughs> what, ball, what ball were they using? Was it a Sharon or a well, Steed? Well, it was, it was, no, no, it was, it was definitely Aussie rules. I, I couldn't tell you what exactly. I wasn't paying that much attention. Ben, but he said um, that there's lucky there were no scouts out here today because uh, he realised how bad he was at it. And uh, I don't think anyone would disagree that, that watched it. But then, look, it just shows you where they're at at the moment with, with um, probably six players out for the game against West. Well, well let, let's step through those, Joel. I mean, they've got to name a team in about four hours' time. Who, who are they going to put on the park? Or is it is it probably easy to say who they won't be putting on the park? Well, I can tell you who they won't be putting on the park. They definitely won't be putting... Well, they won't be putting a, a Kenny Bromwich. They won't be putting Hamaso Tabuifido. They won't be putting Connolly Lemuelu because they've... Uh, uh, been ruled out with their head knocks they suffered against the Roosters. Um, Ray Stone's got a broken big toe, so he's he's gonski. Um, Jeremy Marshall King obviously has got that shoulder problem, and Felice Cafusi is in some doubt with a hamstring injury. I'm not sure if they'll name him. Now, Nichols did say that there's a, a chance that, um, talking about an in, that Trey Fuller, who's been um, Scoring tries uh, left, right and centre for Redcliffe in the um, Queensland Cup. I think he's got 13 in 16 games this year after a very good season. But he's expected to be named in the squad. Now, I'm not sure if he's going to be 18th man or be in the actual 17. um, But uh, he's one name to look out for as a possible inclusion in the the, um, Dolphins outfit. All right, against West Tigers. I mean, I know that this was a very tough time of year for the Dolphins. This is when this is when their depth has obviously been tested, and we're going to see that stretched even further if they're uh, uh, dipping into to Q Cup to bring players up. Um, anything else to report out of their job besides Aussie rules? Uh, besides no players to pick from. Um, how how is Wayne through all this? Well, funny you should ask me that, Ben. Um... I walked past Wayne and he had a big grin on his face. He was smiling. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what he was smiling about, but um, last time I told him he looked happy, he, he wasn't that happy with me telling him that. That was in a press conference. So he had a bit of a joke about that one. But uh, no, Wayne seems to be holding up pretty well. And, and I, I'll tell you the reason I think why that is. I think he alluded to it last week when he did his presser that really he expected, he admitted that the Dolphins had fallen away compared to the way they'd started, but he said that he basically expected it with the grind of the NRL um, taking its toll on players that haven't had as much NRL experience in their lives. Mm. We've seen rookies come in like Katoa and um, the, the cult hero Valens Taware, 
Um, and also Conley Lemuelu, for instance, hasn't played as many games. So I think over time we've seen just that um, that grind of the NRL take its toll on some of those guys. They've lost a few close games too, which has been a bit disheartening, I think, for them because they've been right in some matches and lost um, four or five of them by less than four points recently um, before that Roosters game. So I, I, I don't think... I don't think Bennett's down in the mouth about the fact that they've slid down the ladder in one regard because I, I feel, from what he's saying, that he expected it to happen. Yeah. Like it did to the Broncos, believe it or not, in 1988 when they had a, a cast, a stellar lineup, of course, that just weren't used to playing in the New South Wales Rugby League. Um, not to say that there was anything wrong with the Brisbane Rugby League, but the, the professionalism of the New South Wales Rugby League took its toll. 100%. I've spoken to guys like Gene, Gene Miles about that before, and that's what happened in 1988. And Joel, they'll be better for the run next year for those who are still around. He's got some reinforcements coming as well. Appreciate the update, mate. We've got to go. Time has beaten us. Joel Gould from AAP reporting from the Peninsula. Maccas, proud sponsors of the Little Legends. They're helping us out today, as they are every single day, supporting grassroots sports here in Queensland. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. I've been around the world a couple of times and maybe more. Seen the sights, I've had delights on every foreign shore. But when my mates all ask me the place that I had all... Slam and Sam, I said John Williamson, I was more about waltzing Matilda rather than home amongst the gum trees. But, hey, that's if the crowd sings that tomorrow night at Stadium Australia, that's okay. Uh, big three hours, thank you for being uh, part of it. Tomorrow, Mel Meninga, uh, he will be in town tomorrow. There is an announcement on the international calendar. I'm hearing there's a tri-series, Australia, New Zealand and Samoa to play at the end of the year. Townsville? Could be getting a game. Mel Meninga tomorrow will get the lowdown from the Kangaroos coach and, of course, all things Matildas as we cheer them on against England. Right now, handing it over to Jimmy Smith.